Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Today on the TMZ Podcast. Hello and welcome to the TMZ Podcast. I'm Charlie Cotton and today I'm joined by Derek Kaufman. Good to see you. We got big, big stories and they're quite legal. Is that why you invited me? Yeah, we, we wanted our... it was our friendship, but it's just, it's just you're here for my legal advice. Yeah, well, we wanted our funniest co-host to talk about... Tupac's murder? The most serious, <laughs> true crime-ish episode of TMZ. Um, there's some pretty dark stories today. Um, we're going to talk about Jason Aldean, the country star. Um, he's got a new song out, and he's having to come out and deny that it's a song about lynching. A lot of people think it's about lynching. That's heavy. All right. Does That's it get heavy. lighter after that? Uh, of course it does. We're going to turn to the Gilgo Beach murders. Oh, lovely. And we're going to talk about... the. That's the biggest true crime thing gripping the nation. But to begin with, this is the biggest story, I think, in TMZ land. Tupac Shakur, the murder of Tupac Shakur. The unsolved murder of Tupac Shakur. The case is alive. It's alive. He he was shot and killed in September of 1996. I was 16 years old. I'm an old man. I'm 43 years old right now. This was one of the biggest moments of my lifetime. Harvey always talks about the assassination of JFK and how it shook his life. For people my age who listen to, uh, you know, rap in the 90s, this was a momentous event. You don't seem like a rap. I know, was enjoyer. a huge rap fan. I know I don't seem it, but I'm way cooler than you guys give me credit for. Maybe. You guys think I was a geek in chemistry class. Yes. I was bumping Tupac. Really? And Biggie. In Florida, you could be a fan of both. It didn't really matter. <laughs> we weren't at, we, East Coast, West Coast. We just like good rap. This is wild because I assumed that this case was going to remain cold and there would be documentaries, but it would never really be solved. And the reason I say that is not because... There's racism in the police department, which I believe there also is systemic sort of racism. Mm-hmm. But as as time goes on, evidence deteriorates. Witnesses die. Memories fade. It's hard to solve crimes this far after. We're, we're 27 years yeah, later to have anybody who could say something uh, about this crime that is credible. It's hard to believe. So but what here happened? we go. Tell me, tell me what happened. New, you know, new information. So the Las Vegas PD basically served a search warrant on a home in Las Vegas. Remember, he was shot and killed in Las Vegas after um, a, a, a boxing match Mike that Tyson, night. After the yeah. Mike Tyson fight. So they serve a a warrant, and that means they're going to go search a home. And this home is connected to a man named Keith D. Keith D. uh, has a wife. His wife's home is the home being searched. Now, Keith D. is the uncle of a man named Orlando Anderson. Orlando Anderson is a huge name in Tupac lore because before Tupac was killed in Vegas, there was security footage in a Vegas casino of Suge, Tupac, and others jumping Orlando Anderson. Ah. So the rumor had always been that Orlando Anderson got jumped, was embarrassed or upset after getting jumped, and later that evening uh, orchestrated a retaliatory murder of Tupac from a car. And Keith D., the uncle of this guy, or the purported uncle, says he was in the car and saw his nephew squeeze off the shots that killed Tupac. 
So why didn't we go after this guy at the time? Like, uh, this might have been the biggest story and biggest thing to you when you were 16. But in Australia, when I was, I was probably had it how old? Like 10 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't even, I, I didn't, it didn't even, even register. Didn't register. I'm learning. This is all news to me right now. So tell me about it. So I don't know exactly why they didn't investigate this because it is sort of just out there and was out there uh, quite early on. Orlando Anderson, by the way, is dead. He died in a shootout years later. But I think what everyone clammed up about is... Keith D is a purported Crip. Uh, Tupac had ties to the Bloods. Those mm. are gang rivalries. And when there's a shooting, there's a bit of a code of nobody says anything. You know, right. if this was a high up and high level Crip, no one's going to out him because there could be reprisals and you could get hurt if you do that. So everyone just clams up. You know, is, it's is not. This, is this a snitches get stitches? Thing? A little bit of that, right? Okay. It's not, a, you know, the world is not filled with Takashi's, or at least back in the 90s, <laughs> it was much tighter. You know, they were more, uh, everyone knew what to do in right. these situations and obviously didn't cooperate to the extent that the police could put together a, a case. And now, but the cases remain alive until they're solved. You know, Tupac was still murdered. We know that. So it never actually closed the case. And there must have been something that triggered uh, enough for a search warrant. You so got a probable a, cause. Like, like, the cops must have in the last few days or weeks or whatever got some sort of tip or what, what, what's it could be a tip, but it would have to be credible enough. So tips come in all the time and there has to be a basis enough to tell a judge, Hey, because in the fourth, uh, under the fourth amendment here, you're not allowed to be searched unless there is probable cause, unless there's a warrant that they can serve. They have enough in that document that the judge says, okay, you have reason to suspect that a crime has been committed and something connected to that crime is in that house. I'm going to let you go search that house. So the, the, the FBI and the cops, they're looking for something. Have they executed this search warrant? They've, they've, they've been in the house? Apparently they've been in the house. We don't know if it's been returned. We don't know if the search warrant uh, returned anything valuable. Because right. you go in the house, you hope to find the gun or some evidence or, or whatever they're looking for. We don't know what came back yet. But what we do know is that the wife of Keith D also has a home in Compton. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that earlier, you know, a couple, couple years ago, a gun that was purported to be the gun that fired the shots that killed Tupac was discovered in a house in Compton owned by a woman who was connected to a crip. And she's never been thought to be one of the people in the car, but it was the girlfriend of a, of a crip. Keith D is a known crip, and this is his wife's house in Compton. So if that's the same person that owns the house in Vegas and the house in Compton and the weapon is assumed to be found in that house in Compton, maybe there's a connection there. Maybe that gun is sort of this prized possession in certain circles, Man. and it exists. Now, I don't know how... They can still run forensics, I guess. You know, you pull the bullets out of someone and you can see little engravings about what gun it came from and you can try to match the bullet to the gun. But again, this evidence is very old and it's a, it'll be hard to sort of piece this all together at this point in time. We'll have to see. That'll be crazy if they solve the Tupac case. Uh, it would be nuts. Then they'll open the Biggie case again or, you know? Yeah, the Biggie case is also unsolved. And that was, a, a you know, a year later in, in, in LA that happened. We went, we had our uh, holiday party at the place, not, not because of this, but at the Peter. <laughs> Peterson Auto Museum, where Biggie was shot outside of the Peterson Auto Museum. So this is, uh, that will certainly be the next focus of the public. I'm not sure that cops will immediately say, oh, now we have to solve Biggie. I don't right. think that's how cops work. They'll wait for tips, but it is, it is interesting. Interesting. All right. That one's going to be a great thing. Are to... you now more interested, I, even I, though you're all the way in Australia? And I you first am. learned about Tupac's murder. I'm sorry to break the news to you. I know. I'm actually very sad. I'm going to go listen to All Eyes on Me. Okay. <laughs> that's one of my favorite double albums. Is that a good time. one? Yes. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, 
then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back, and you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. All right, on to our next story. Mm-hmm. Jason Aldean, very famous country star. Well, a little while ago, um, he put out a song called Try That in a Small Town, and it didn't even really have a blip on the radar. But now he's put out a, a video clip to do with this. And Describe the video to me, because I think that's important. The, for the it, message of his song. Well, it's it, it's a what building is he in front of? He's in front of like some um, important building. Yeah, it looks like maybe like a government building a or a courthouse or something police related. And there's images flashing on the court the, the building, basically of the 2020 riots, you right? Know, where it was Black Lives Matter, and they was trying to stand up for you know race relations in this country. Yeah. And and basically this protesting song, systemic racism in police departments, right? And, and, and I mean the song's title is Try That in a Small Town. And so it's a very people are saying it's a pro lynching song because he says stuff like cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think you're tough? Well try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. Around here we take care of our own. This is the this is the problem for me. So I'm not in favor of, you know, cussing out cops and spitting on their faces. No. And it's fine to, to describe that you don't like that and you actually think police do a good job. I, I'm okay with that. If Everybody's that's his position, on board with like that. Look, if that's his position is that, you know, cops are getting a bad name and they actually serve and protect in large part aside from a few bad apples. That may be his position. Mm. I'm really troubled by these lyrics where he says, you think you're tough? Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down the road. To me is a wink, a dog whistle, a sort of nod in the direction of one of the biggest tragedies we've had recently, which was Ahmaud Arbery running down the road. And he says, here we take care of our own. Remember, those two guys in the pickup truck were not officers. They weren't like a uniform PD. They Mm. were guys who were deputized, right, by the police to like help out. If there's ever an issue, you guys get to go solve it as well. And I think he's sort of alluding to it. I, 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 I read that as... He's at least winking in the direction of like, see how far you get down the road if you cause trouble in my small town. And I hate that. I think that is racist. Now, do I think he likes lynching? No, I don't think he's like going around and uh, sort of terrorizing, uh, you know, black families in his neighborhood. I don't think he's doing that. But I think it's gross. I think it's a gross thing to, to, to sing about. He's kind of, in a way, sort of maybe appealing to some of his sort of ba- his fans. His yeah, base, dog whistling, who, right? Who were small town folk who probably didn't agree with the 2020 riots and are saying, basically, this is America. Um, it's our country. It's, it's a little country. of that, right? Look, he is denying and thinks it's, says it's ridiculous that anyone has that interpretation. And it's kind of like the woke liberals that are, you know, implying this. But I mean, I want to give him his due. He says, while I can try to respect others to have their own interpretation of a song with music, this one goes too far. I like that He's, accent. Uh, like, that uh, you know, <laughs> it's good. he invited this. I, I would feel more 
badly for him if the internet spun a conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're like reading into things too much. But he put up a video where he clearly said this is about the the rabble rousing of the Black Lives Matter protest. That's the imagery he's putting on the screen. Yes. He's clearly pro-police. And he wrote a lyric like that, which is inviting me and people on the internet to to have this interpretation. Now, he can deny it. And I'm fine with that. I'm, I, I'm not in his head. I don't know his heart. Maybe this is sincere and he didn't intend it to be so gross. But I'm also not crazy to see grossness in these lyrics, right? But, but I mean, even the title... Not a tinfoil hat. Even the title, Try That in a Small Town, implies that you want to enact violence exactly. on someone who's protesting, um, you know, for their race. That's what I would want to ask him. Hey, Jason, okay, you you don't... Lynching is a big word, right? Yes. I, and, and I think he got distracted by the word lynching because yes. it's so uh, baked with so much emotion. How about this, Jason? What do you mean by Try That in a Small Town? Did you mean like try it and I'll shake my fist from down the road? Or did you mean like try it and I'm going to run you down and, and, and hurt you? Like, uh, yes. that's what we interpret the word try that. I, if, and I think maybe he wants us to interpret it that way because, you know, any publicity is good publicity sort of thing. Like yes. this song now is one of the biggest songs in the country because everyone's listening to it to, to form their own interpretation. So it'll only, you know, please his base potentially and even the people who don't are against like it, it are curious enough to listen they're still listening so you know i hate that though he's like courting that kind do. of controversy it's kind of smart in a way like it, sure it, 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 if that is what he's doing then it's you know somewhat sort of like diabolical but yeah. it's also smart in terms of getting more listeners and potentially getting more fans who are of the same belief that he's is. Yeah. Small town folk. Yeah, he's he's stoking that divisiveness, right? Because, you know, some of his fans, like, you know, white listeners who are anti-BLM and so forth are going to say like, no, nah, that's not what we meant. You know what we meant. Like, it's all like sort of a wink and a nod. Like, just keep that out of our town. You take that to the big cities, but we don't do that here. And And I just... I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't like it no. <laughs> personally. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like sort of a bleeding heart on this issue or anything like that. I think it's a very, very complicated issue. I just think this kind of, uh, tweaking and putting that kind of imagery reads kind of gross. Well, to me. I mean, he put out the song ages ago and no yeah. one like cared or no one even really knew it wasn't a story. And so he's like, I'm going to double down. Let's put up a video clip, which really sends the message home. If you haven't seen the video clip, I mean. It just does. That's why when he clutches his pearls and Jason Aldean, I don't think is a bad guy in general. You know, you know, he was the guy on the stage when the Vegas shooting happened. I just think he should be extra sensitive to like calls to violence. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like this is weird to nod in the direction of like, try that here and I'll, I'll beat you down. Cause that's clearly what try that means. Yes. Is, is we don't do, we don't take kindly to it that. It violence. Yeah. It just means violence. Like see how far down the street you get what does that mean we're gonna wave at you like yeah. it, it means we're gonna beat you up well cheryl crow agrees with us she says you know she's from a small town and this is just he's, she says it's lame it's just lame what he's it's trying lame. to do um and but, it's a little scary if it if it like gets in the head of the wrong people but if he's a businessman i mean this is a, he may make money from it he might but all right anyway on to our last and usually our fun story providing levity to the episode the Not Gil much levity here. The Gilgo Beach murders. Gilgo. I always mispronounce that word, but it's Gilgo, isn't it? I, I think it is Gilgo, and it sounds too fun for what the subject matter is. Gilgo <laughs> right. sounds like a fun word. It does. It's like a family guy like reference, giggity or something. <laughs> right. Well, okay, I'm going to stop laughing because Rex Huerman, is his name? Huerman. Um, 
he was obviously, you know, arrested in connection with these murders. Now an escort, a uh, former escort is coming out and saying, look, I went on a date with this guy. So these murders, uh, three sex workers were killed. Okay. So now we're talking with and hearing the experience, if if you believe it, of someone who had dinner with him as an escort and, and, and could have potentially been murdered if that was his MO to kill these prostitutes. And we don't, Rex has just been arrested. He hasn't been convicted or anything, but that's a scary story. So There's, he hasn't been convicted, but there is a hell of a lot of smoke. I mean, there's phone records connecting him to it. Uh, he had burner phones and which he had to buy with his own money. And you know, sure. there's, um, there's, it was DNA on a pizza that the FBI collected and linked it to a piece of hair at the crime. They think they got their guy. They got their guy. There's car descriptions. There's, there's a lot of evidence that points to, okay, Rex did it. And so now this former escort is coming out and say, look, I could have been one of the, the three or four or potentially far more. He's being investigated for so many more murders now. They're trying to connect him to everything. Yeah. And as, and the former escort says that could have been me. He wanted, he went, we went on a date. He was sort of not bragging about the murders, but he was like, are you interested in true crime? Yeah. Have you heard about the Gilgo Beach murders? And then he said, apparently he said details that weren't openly available to the public. And he was talking to this. Then he tried to get her in his car and apparently she didn't get in his car. She got away. But now, you know, looking back on it, she goes, yeah, I kind of, I suspected it. I didn't say anything because she was also, she was, she was under parole herself. Yeah. You know, she was, she was a sex worker, so she didn't want to have much police contact and, and get herself in trouble. She says she was on probation at the time. So if she reports this and they run her name and they see, oh, you're on probation. Why were you with him? Oh, it was because you're an escort and they might've gotten her on a probation violation. So she may have just wanted to keep her uh, nose out of that business to right. avoid, avoid trouble for herself. But the way she describes it is wild, where she says it seemed as if he wanted to brag about something, but he couldn't brag about it. And she and and I know that I know that sort of like interaction. I know what she's describing, where he was just like reminiscing about the yes. great kills, uh, but really couldn't confess at that point in time. It's scary. I mean, I, I think she's probably reading these stories and like piecing together her prior experience with this guy and being like, oh, my gosh, I could have been yeah. killed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of people might say, I mean, even I think potentially like, well, if you thought that back then, why didn't you go to the cops? Like you could have maybe prevented something, another murder. Yeah. You might but, have a little guilt about it. But yeah, she is also someone who's, you know, an escort who's um, on parole. She doesn't, she's had bad experiences with police in the past. Best just stay out of it. But she says that when he was talking about these murders, it was almost like he was recollecting and like, you know, yeah. casting himself back in his memory you know, talking gleefully about the murders that happened right around where they were having their date. Um, this is like... It's scary. Some of these serial killer stories are very scary because we did a story about his arrest and it was eerie. You know, he didn't he didn't really resist. The cops said, you know, we're here to arrest you about those Gilgo Beach murders. And he very calmly said, I, I didn't have anything to do with those. But it must have been eerie. The cops say when they arrested him, he didn't put up a fight. He sort of might have expected after all this time and all these murders that his day was coming to, to at least uh, face these charges. But I mean, he has a family, he's got a wife and kids, and apparently they were kept in the dark the whole time. She was out of town while he was committing the murders, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, it's just interesting to listen to people sort of like talking about their interactions with not only Rex, but his wife too, who seemed like a normal lady. It's just one of those old things like, how do you have a serial killer living in your home and you don't know? It's just... It's we we of these... think of them as like monsters, and a few of them are the night, pro the 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 night. Uh, what was his name? Crawler. Night. 
Night Stalker. Sorry, thank you. The Night Stalker. He was, Nightcrawler was a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay. Night Stalker was this guy who had a pentagram on his. Richard Ramirez was his name. He had a pentagram on his on his palm, and he would go into court very scary and haggard and look kind of homeless, and he looked like a monster. But other serial killers are like mowing lawns in <laughs> yeah. suburbia, and that is even scarier, it right? Is. It is. That he like lived among the people. He had a wife and kids. Yes, two you kids. You know, had a family, but had this entirely dark other life, potentially, if, if Rex is guilty, and it sounds like they have a pretty good case against him. Um you know, that to me is even more frightening than the Richard Ramirez or the Charlie Manson, who's like a little yeah. tr troll gremlin. Like it's like, it, ah, just avoid it those It could people. be anyone. You could know? be anyone. They could, could be, be among anyone. us. Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been kind of a, we've had a lot a lot more fun than I expected talking about these three grizzly stories. We made the best of it. We did. We really did. That's like kind of the tagline to the podcast. <laughs> TMZ podcast. We'll make the best of it. <laughs> we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.